is geared for you to think. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Between Two Ovaries. I'm Venus Creciente. And we've got Isadora here. Woo woo. <laughs> I am so excited. We've made it three episodes. We've made three. it. Three. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> that feels like such a big deal because I've said in, I think it was in the last episode where I underestimated the work that goes into having a podcast, setting time for recording. We are both very busy moms, wives, women, and we're here. So I'm very grateful for you, Isadora, for being an ovary and for our listeners for being a part of the uterus, the womb space that's in between us. So thank you for being here, for listening to us, and for supporting us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I love being an ovary with you. And I love just showing up. Like like you said, we're so busy. Like right now, my kids, I'm allowing them to eat popcorn in the living room and watch a Netflix show just to get this done. Because at the end of the day, I just want to show up. And that's all we can do sometimes, however that looks. So I'm excited to be here, even mm-hmm. though I'm exhausted (laughs) I hear the exhaustion I not only I mean I hear it as in in your voice but I also hear it as in I understand you Um, I to give you an idea our listeners an idea I'm in my little brother's closet I've taken off my shirt I am drenched in sweat but at the end of the day I'm showing up as well and it feels just so good no matter how messy how exhausted we are if we show up and do what it is that we love to do for the passion, not for the money, not for the accolades, not for all of these other things that society might put in front of us as a carrot. Passion and following your passion is by far the biggest carrot that there can be in life. And the more we do it, I feel like the more this podcast is possible. We're, I mean, we're on episode three and that... I mean, just getting to episode one was such a long journey that I just feel so good being here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Boom. And yes, the, um, the underboob sweat is so real right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Underboob oh sweat God. all the way. Gosh, it wasn't until I stopped wearing a bra and I stopped wearing a bra when I turned 30 on my 30th birthday. I told my partner, I am done with this. I'm over it. I'm becoming a new person. I am a new person. And so that under under boob sweat is real. I didn't know how much of that existed until they were free flowing. <laughs> gallons and gallons. Oh, gosh. Of boob sweat. Oh, my gosh. I, I wish it. I wish there was a way to like use it. <laughs> yeah. Repurposing. Oh, my gosh. Whole new level. <laughs> Hippie life. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Getting into it. I'm so excited for today's topic because since deciding on the topic, which was just maybe a few days ago, my womb has been stirring with so much to say. So what is the topic? Would you like to introduce it, Isadora? Today's topic. We really need a jingle person. I really like jingles. Please. Today's topic is self-pleasure. Yay! What does self-pleasure mean to you? Hmm. 
that's a great question. So in learning more about sex positive parenting, it also leads into you yourself as an adult too. And one of those things is finding pleasure, not just in the bedroom or with yourself, but in all areas of your life. And in studying more about conscious relationships and things like that, it's about, and also reading the book Vagina and learning about the goddess array, it's basically like finding pleasure all throughout the day that's going to build up to this like beautiful sexual pleasure as well. Because anything that brings us pleasure throughout the day and just brings joy or juice or passion into our life is going to fuel us sexually as well. So that's kind of what self-pleasure means to me. I can't wait to expand more on this topic with you right now because I think, I don't know for a fact, but I think right now you are a bit more active in the self-pleasure as a sexual act than I am at this stage in my life. And so I'm really excited to see how there's similarities and differences in that. What about you, Venus? Self-pleasure. Yes. So I think with you saying that I'm a little more active in the sexual act of self-pleasure, because pleasure can mean so many different things. I'd probably say yes. And it was Vagina by Naomi Wolf was womb opening. It cracked my cunt open in a positive way. And it filled me with so much knowledge, necessary knowledge, knowledge that we should be receiving as adolescent women, even adolescent boys and everything in between. Again, just knowledge that should be our birthright because this is how our bodies function. And it was that book, Vagina, that connected my womb space to my headspace. My womb space didn't even really exist prior to getting into my women's studies. And by women's studies, I think it can mean the same for both you and I, Isadora. For our listeners, is we're not in college. We're not taking courses um, specifically. We're just picking up books. We are maybe following people on social media or on YouTube or different platforms and learning about their perspectives and their ways in learning about their bodies and the way it works and how to make it work for you. Because pleasure, again, it just means so many different things. And there's so many different people dealing with different types of trauma that we can't say this type of self-pleasure is going to work for everyone. So my what self-pleasure means to me is very similar to what you stated, Isadora, is just finding different things throughout the day that will allow me to be at peace with myself, at peace with my womb. For example, I'm in my pre-death phase right now. I just made love to myself last night because I've actually been wanting my spouse, but we've been a little disconnected. So now I don't depend on him to pleasure me. I will make love to myself. And that didn't happen overnight. That has been a journey and we can go deeper into that as the podcast episode unfolds. Yeah, beautiful. I love that you mentioned that because there is so much information out there. We are in the information age and I'm almost bombarded now with information as far as like women's studies go. And so you kind of, you really have to sift through it. You have to pick it apart. Certain things that you learn about or you read about or you see or you experience may sit well with you and it may not. And it's, it's okay either way, just because somebody does things one way doesn't mean that you have to. And that's so beautiful to me. I love 
uniqueness and differences. I think that's what makes the human race so special. And so I'm glad that you touched on that is a lot of people are doing these studies in college and things like that, but that doesn't mean that the information you're taking on is going to resonate with you or feel right to you. And that's okay. Right. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's going to be so many side tangents in this episode because it just goes so many different ways. I just even dating way back before starting my journey onto studying myself is the trauma as a child. I don't want to say trauma, but just all the baggage that we've acquired up until this point. I'm speaking for myself. Being Catholic, being Mexican, being sheltered, super sheltered, having a very, very strict mom. And I'm so grateful for that on many different levels. But as well, it's a double-edged sword. I learned so much and I gained so much from having an overprotective mom. But at the same time, it came with its downfalls. I was deprived. I feel like I was sexually deprived. And I'm not saying I wish I would have been out on the streets hooking up. And I'm not judging if you take pleasure in that. What I'm saying is that I wish I would have known just as simple what my clitoris felt like, what my cervix, if I would have found my cervix when I started bleeding or it's not dirty to touch yourself. And there's a place, of course, there's a time and place for everything. But I do feel that I was deprived of a lot as an adolescent and just going through puberty. And I think I've Feel, I would have understood a lot more about myself had I been spoken to about sex in a different fashion. My mom, the only thing she said about sex to me growing up was, if you hug a guy, it doesn't get you pregnant. Um, okay, like, what am I supposed to think of that? <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> That's an interesting statement. I don't even know what to think of it now. Like, yeah, How now, confusing. So confusing. Of course, it won't get you pregnant. He's not penetrating me. And funny story, the <laughs> first time I showered with... So my partner, my spouse, and I dated before, actually. It's a long story. I guess we can get into that at another time. But the first time I showered with him, even having his penis near me was like, don't get it close to me because I'm going to get pregnant. I sincerely thought I was going to get pregnant with no penetration at all. Like, what? Wow. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> absorbing. I'm totally absorbing all of that. Yeah. So much to say. I feel like this could get into a whole other topic of the communication or lack thereof around intimacy because it's so much more than just penetration and pregnancy. There's so much more outside of that. And that's what needs to be focused on. And I think a lot of people would be happier if that there was more focused on outside of that and more people would be a lot safer too. So yeah, that's, I love the polarity of our upbringing. And oh, really quick, what came up when you were talking about the trauma that we're all healing from, and we've talked about this before, but it's sort of mind-blowing, is that we are, you know, we were born with all of the eggs that we're going to have. And so our mothers being in our grandmother's uterus, her eggs formed inside her grandmother when she was in her grandmother's uterus. So we essentially, if you follow or believe in, you know, energetic things, 
like energetically, we're taking on a lot of what our grandmothers experienced and then a lot of what our mothers experienced. And so if you think about that generational trauma that could occur as well, there's a lot floating around inside of us. And that always just like, just like blows my mind wide open. And it kind of, it almost makes you feel better because it's like, okay, I've got this stuff and it's not necessarily mine and I'm carrying it with me, but I don't have to allow it to affect me so much because it's not actually mine, but that's getting into a whole nother thing. We have so right. much to talk about. I feel like this, this could be just an introductory episode into all these different avenues. Let's get juicy. Yeah. Let's I get juices. juices. Okay. Yeah. Let's get juicy. Let's get juicy. We're both in pre-death. <laughs> I feel like this is flowing in a very pre-death fashion. (laughs) Probably. Like where we're just like diving deep. We're just getting so (laughs) deeply into this and I love it so much. But I also want to remember to be juicy because self-pleasure should be very juicy. Right, right. (laughs) Oh, you brought up a good point. That makes so much sense. Cycle time will be interesting. See, Um, it is so real. It is so real how your cycle just, like, it's there. Like, there's no ignoring it. You cannot ignore it. It is there. She. Yes. Sorry, womb. I know. She she is there. I'm hugging her now. (laughs) You are not an it. So, okay, going back, getting, getting into the juicy feel. So self-love and self-pleasure, however you want to state it, it's something that can lead to learning how to make love to ourselves. I've removed masturbating from my vocabulary because it just sounds so brutal. I love saying making love to myself because that's what I'm doing. Like that's what I've now learned that I can pleasure myself. I can make love to myself and learning what we like, what we don't like, what we need and not leaving it up to our partners, whether that be a spouse, a hookup, to figure it out for us. And education for me was such a huge piece to my puzzle. Like the education I didn't receive before quote unquote becoming a woman. And I I put that in quotes because I still feel like I'm in that process of becoming a woman. And I began attracting that education with the help of you, of our friend Feralina, our collective, books, events that I'd attend. And it's so true that you are who you hang out with. And if you surround yourself with the energy you want to be or to feel, the possibility of you getting what you desire out of life is just much more probable. I saw you muted. (laughs) So I took that as my cue. That's a good cue. I'm going to keep that in, in mind. <laughs> and I don't even know what to say. It's okay. It's okay. That's so funny. Mm. <laughs> um, I grew up self-pleasuring. I don't know how old I was, but I was a young child. But it was always very secretive. You know, I didn't want anybody to know. And I didn't know what I was doing. Obviously, I just knew like, if I touched this area of my body, it it felt really cool. (laughs) So I would do it. And then as I got older, I started being sexually active fairly young. I was 15. So at that point, 
it's sort of toned down and I relied on other people to give me that pleasure. And then I would say like right when I got out of high school, I started exploring myself again. And then a guy that I dated actually bought me some toys. He lived kind of far away. We lived about an hour away from each other, which isn't that far, but because of like work and things like that, we couldn't see each other that often. So he was kind enough to buy me some toys. That way when we weren't together, I could pleasure myself. And now that I think about it, it's like, wow, that's amazing. So yeah, I was always just exploring in one way or another. And at this point in time, I am making a conscious effort to get back to that space because I have become a little bit more reliant on my partner and real life sneaking in, like it's just kind of difficult. I don't have a lot of areas where I can be by myself and create that beautiful space that I want if I'm going to self-pleasure and everybody has excuses. There's excuses for everything. So right now I think I'm letting my excuses kind of lead me, but that's okay. That's the season. I don't feel exactly like I'm missing anything, but I know that there's only benefits from self-pleasure. And so that's kind of been on my mind a bit lately is what can I do? How can I incorporate more? And it doesn't have to be this entire lovemaking session with myself, but little things throughout the day or in the shower. Since having short hair, I take much faster showers. I do now find myself spending a little bit more time with myself in the shower. And that's really beautiful. And that's always a really nice experience to just like feel the water is so relaxing. And I really love to have like no lights on. So it's dim and play some of my favorite music and just kind of create an experience for myself in the shower. And I would also like to expand on the fact that like any type of pleasure does not equal orgasm. Like it doesn't always have to equal an orgasm. I think in this society we become so goal oriented and that is kind of a heavy topic between my partner and I too. He is very goal oriented for both of us and sometimes that pressure to have to meet a goal can be a turnoff where I just want to experience the energy. I just want to experience the experience. I just want to experience the pleasure and the feelings that come up in my body versus, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love orgasms. I'm kind of an orgasm queen. I could have like, I don't know. I think my max is like four in one (laughs) session. And so I'm not anti at all, but I love the idea of just flowing with the moment instead of being very focused on the goal. So, yeah. Mm, I love that you brought up space. Space was a big, well, so to give you, our listeners, an idea of my living space, it's a one-bedroom apartment. It's about 600-plus square feet with four people and a dog. And so we have one bedroom that has a little walk-in closet, and then we have our vanity area with our little bathroom, our little kitchen, and our living room. So finding space to make love to myself (laughs) was definitely a challenge because I didn't want the kids to hear me. I didn't want my partner to find me pleasuring myself. So I think I might have started in the bathroom on the floor. (laughs) I locked the door, turned off the lights and made sure everybody was asleep and creeped into the bathroom got myself ready, had a little towel to sit on. It was just ridiculous now that I like look back on it. But I mean, it led me to where I am now. Now I really don't care if my partner finds me pleasuring myself. He actually knows. At first I was really embarrassed. 
I don't want my kids finding me, pleasuring myself. But as far as my husband, like I said, I actually tell him now. And it's part of when we're having sex. It's something that really creates very juicy vibes if I tell him like oh guess what like I (laughs) I pleasured myself thinking of you and and it's brought up other conversations positive conversations between us of like sometimes I do desire him and he's asleep and I don't want to go wake him up and he's like well you should wake me up and you know it's just conversations that are good to have between couples like last night under the partial moon I had a good session and I was on my bed which my bed is in in the same room as my son's bed and my daughter's bed but they were passed out and I was like let's go for it and that's the space I have and if I'm feeling it and the time is right I go for it now I before I used to see it as it's a chore my hands are gonna get dirty and all of these things that I had to work through to get to where I am now and where I am now is like I'm not dirty I'm just these are my juices and I'm going to enjoy them and I'm going to flow with them. And if my partner's available, then, hey, let's get down. If not, then I'm going to get down with myself. And I loved it. (laughs) And on top of that, you also mentioned goal-oriented. I had to stop myself at one point while learning how to pleasure myself because I just couldn't get myself aroused enough to have an orgasm. And I felt like, ugh, like what what else can I do? And then I had to step back. Well, no, I shouldn't have those expectations for my womb space, for my my cunt. Because if I have those expectations for her, then I feel like I'm taking on the ideals that society has, especially in such a heavy pornographic society where it's like, oh, if she doesn't have an orgasm or if she doesn't squirt or if she doesn't whatever, well, no, why don't we just chill out and enjoy that energy that's being exchanged because ultimately that is what matters and everything else is kind of like the cherry on top yes 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 I love now I love the smell of myself I love the taste of myself and yeah it definitely has not always been that way I mean, there's so much marketing towards women that it's not normal and whatever, but I'm glad you brought that up because we are not dirty and we are so delicious and beautiful. Mm. (laughs) Thanks for Mm -hmm. noting that. And you mentioned even in the last episode where you're happy that in your house you don't really watch mainstream television because a lot of those advertisements is what inculcates that we're dirty, that we need to smell a certain way. We need to use all of these lines of products to make sure that people don't know that we're women. (laughs) And I used to wash my vagina so much. It would be like a process, like a five wash with soap, rinse, wash with soap, rinse to make sure that I didn't smell. And when my partner would go down on me and he'd want to kiss me, it was like, oh, no, you smell like you smell like my vagina. Like, no, please don't. And now it's like it actually turns me on because I turn myself on. And that is just right now that I said that it just gave me all sorts of warm, fuzzy feelings. Yes, it turns me on, too. I love it. I love it so much. I can see why men and women both are just so like in love with cunts because hello, 
Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're amazing. And that's one thing too um, that just kind of like popped into my mind when you mentioned my kids. They all know how babies are made and that whole process. But I'm realizing that I've kind of made it a bit more scientific than pleasurable. You know, the majority of our lives, we are having sex for pleasure. There's a very few cases where we're having sex to create a baby, if you look at the big picture. And so that's what I've, because that's your, the initial questions that you receive. It's like, how are babies made? And so it, so now with my oldest, we've begun, it's all come up organically. I never introduced conversations before interest has peaked, but I will never avoid a conversation because that's when they think that something's wrong or it should be shameful or it's not normal or whatever. And so that slowly has started unfolding as that intercourse can also be, or it is pleasurable and people don't always do it to make babies. And so she's kind of wrapping her head around that and understanding it. And I tell her, you know, it's okay for you to not understand because you're almost 10 years old, you're still developing, it wouldn't feel good for you. And so it's okay for you to not understand it yet, because that is a more adult thing to do. And I hate drawing this line of like child adult, it doesn't feel good to me. I feel like it makes children feel lesser than when they're not, but it is a mature action. And so I just kind of relay that to her. Like, it's okay for you to not understand it. It just go with the flow of life. And like one day you'll get it. It's all good, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's such a funny line to walk is like, what is too much for their little minds and what is not? And so that's why I just answer questions and I answer them honestly because that's my responsibility as a parent. So I don't go off and expand on things if they're not asking it maybe too much for them at that time. But another side tangent that just came up for me and some people may relate to that. And I think it's important to not just, it almost feels now like what you said about your mom and how she says, well, if you hug somebody, then you won't get pregnant. Like I'm trying to heal that a little bit. It's not just this like scientific process of semen and eggs and blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's so much more beauty to that too. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm done with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love, love hearing about how you parent. I'm always interested in how other parents parent in general and also how they speak to their children about sexuality because I don't have a strong background with my own mother on sexuality at 30 years old I'm just starting to ask her questions and it's amazing how much I didn't know about my mom sexually and even my sister who's 10 years older than me Talking to her about sex, this was maybe two weeks ago that that can of worms opened. And that was beautiful. I wish I would have known or felt comfortable enough to ask these questions before I became sexually active. I became sexually active. My husband is my one and only and um, has been my one and only. And I was 20. I think I was 20. And I think it would have been a lot. I don't know a lot because they're also just starting to learn about sexuality from me. And it's it's kind of mind boggling because it's like, wait, you both have so much more experience yet you're learning from me. How does that how does that make sense? But at the same time, how did it make sense back then to 
hug a guy and not get pregnant. So do I hug a guy or do I not hug a guy? Like, <laughs> that still fucks with my brain. Like, so do you want me to hug a guy or do you not want me to hug a guy? I don't get it. Right. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So <sighs> I feel like that topic will trickle into another topic or into another episode there's so much as it should yeah yeah as it should because Mm self-pleasure is a daily should be a daily thing Mm -hmm. right so yeah i think so um so cycle time (laughs) cycle time i like talking about our cycles i'm happy that we have cycle time because it's a reason for us to keep our cycles at the forefront the way our our womb space works in connection with the rest of our body. I'm excited too, especially because right now, the last couple of weeks, my cycle's been a little rogue and she's kind of spicy. And I don't know what's behind that just yet. I'm sure it'll come to me when I bleed this weekend, but I was talking to my partner about it and I'm just like, oh, I just need my soul sister <laughs> to listen to me. <laughs> He's just like, mm hmm. <laughs> like, So I'm just going to jump into it. And I am on day 23. I only realized a few days ago that I started on the first day of the month. And so my cycle day matches up with the day of the month. And I feel like maybe I knew that before. I don't know. But it was a surprise to me just a few days ago, randomly. So day 23. Day 22 is about my transition day to my pre-bleed, pre-death stage. And I am feeling it. I've noticed also that more and more as my cycles are going by recently, it's like pregnancy nesting for me this time. I'm doing all the cleaning. I'm doing all the cooking. I'm organizing. So it's interesting. It wasn't always like that. For a long time, I just was feeling bitchy and like rageful. (laughs) The last few cycles have been kind of beautiful. Last week, so like in my ovulation season, my breasts and my nipples in particular were like extremely, extremely sensitive. My right one was like almost painful to touch. So it was really, really interesting. And I still have to do some research on that. I'm basically going to research like more about hormones and things of that nature because that's super unusual. That is a common symptom of, I don't even like the word symptom. That's like a common thing <laughs> to happen to me during my pre-death. So right now it kind of subsided for a few days and like now it's back. Now they're kind of uncomfortable to touch again, which is normal for me, but I thought that was interesting last week that that occurred. So I'm definitely going to look into that more. And then on Saturday, so my bleed is supposed to start on the 28th. So this past Saturday, which was what, like the 19th or 20th, I started spotting. And normally I spot, a few months ago, I was spotting like five days prior to my bleed starting. And then that kind of subsided and I didn't spot for a few cycles. And now seven days prior, I've started spotting. It's like medium spotting. It's not super light, but it's not real heavy, but it's extremely noticeable. So that's interesting that that's back end so soon. And yesterday, day 22, I was just feeling bloated and crampy. So it's almost like I'm on like the day before my bleed is going to start. So we'll see what happens. We'll see when she actually arrives. I know last cycle, I thought I had started and then she actually didn't completely start until two days later. So it's been interesting to track. It's almost kind of fun. Like it's sort of like this game that you're playing and something that you're like decoding. (laughs) 
what's going to happen next? I like the predictability of it, but at the same time, it's kind of fun that it's not always the same. So it's interesting observing my cycle right now. She's kind of wonky. So I'm just rolling with it and bleeding very soon. I'm interested how this bleed's going to go because last bleed was just so like download powerhouse. And I'm going to be synced with the full moon this weekend. And so it should be pretty intense. And I've got some family stuff going on. I'm a little scared, to be honest, but I'm really being mindful of my plans and I might cut a few things off if I'm not feeling up to it. So listen to her. Just listen to her and she will tell you what you need to do. What day are you on, Venus? So good. I just absorbing everything you're saying. (laughs) It's amazing. I'm on day 39, 16 days ahead of you, yet I'm in pre-death as well. And that's just how cool it is to track your cycle and be able to talk to other women about their cycles. You spot prior to your bleed and I spot during ovulation. So I would have thought I'm abnormal. I'm 16 days longer than you or out into my cycle than you and I'm not spotting. Well, why is my cycle not looking like hers? In our last episode, I talked about how I felt abnormal, If you'd like more information on that, you can go and listen to episode two if you haven't listened to that. Um, So yeah, I'm on day 39. I'm in my pre-death phase. And I will also be synced up, give or take, maybe a couple days to the full moon, which is really exciting. When I first started tracking my cycle and learning about the different phases and being synced with the full moon or the new moon and what that can mean. I was super bummed out because I am in love with Mother Moon. I love everything about her and have always felt a connection to her. So not being synced up with either the new moon or the full moon really just broke my heart when I started learning about all of this. And then the more I read, the more I learned, the more I talked to other women, I have just learned that it's very unique to your cycle. And what is very unique, that just depends on what you want to dive into, what you want to learn, what energy you want to feel. My cycles are like 40 to 42 days long. So I should also be bleeding hopefully this weekend. And so I'm on day 39. It could come tomorrow or within the next few days. And what the pre-death looks like for me, the cycle is I just want to retreat. I want to be with myself. I want to be with my womb space. And this pre-death has been very special because it's been a long time, maybe two cycles, which is over two months, maybe like three months that I've really connected with my womb with like womb breaths and allowing her to provide me comfort and allow her to speak to me. And that's what I've really received in this pre-death phase. I've been going out every night and looking at the moon and talking to her. And I don't like force myself to talk to her. It just happens. I just look at her beauty. There's something about the waxing moon. It's breathtaking to be able to see the darkness and the light. 
in the moon because it reminds me that I don't have to be positive all the time and that even through the negativity, there's stuff to learn and I have to love myself. I have to have that unconditional love for myself so that I can learn how to do that for other people. And as far as downloads, you know me and reading from my journal, I'm just going to read it. I've written a lot in this pre-death phase, but I'm going to read this one. I am more than just a baby maker. Remove my reproductive system from the conversation, and I am a human just like you. I am an individual with a will and a purpose. I have desires, passions, needs that would benefit the world if I didn't have to worry about my safety. Before becoming aware, I didn't know that it is not fair for women to feel unsafe anywhere. I thought it was just normal. Now I know that there's more abnormalities in the way I am treated than in the way I live. I want control over my own body. If I want to let my body hair grow out and cut my head hair short, don't judge me. If I want to have an abortion to keep my sanity and make peace with the soul I have with me forever, don't judge me. I have feelings just like you. I rage just like you. I have the ability to take care of myself, and that includes deciding for myself. I deserve to touch myself and love myself. I am more than just a baby maker. I make magic. And that's that's cycle time for me. Holy yoni. <laughs> I love you. I'm going to have to really absorb that one. That was so amazing. That's how I felt with yours. <laughs> Ooh, I cannot wait for your future book to come out. <laughs> I can't either. Uh, I love your words so much mm. okay can we win breath right now let's win breath right now please <laughs> it's like buzzing yeah yeah let's do that <laughs> okay deep breath in and send it all the way down to your room move it all out Cycle time is my favorite time. All right. Now, Reflection Read. If this happens to be your first episode, welcome. Reflection Read is Isadora and I read what has called us, if we've chosen something, and share why we chose to share it and how it fits into our life. So go ahead, Isadora. I have the book Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Estes. And it's amazing. I highly recommend it. I still, I have not read the whole thing. It's one of those reads that you pick up and you read a bit and you're just like, okay, that fed my soul. And then you put it down and then you come back to it. Okay, here goes. How does wild woman affect women? With her as ally, as leader, model, teacher, we see not through two eyes, but through the eyes of intuition, which is many eyed. When we assert intuition, we are therefore like the starry night. We gaze at the world through a thousand eyes. The wild nature carries the bundles for healing. She carries everything a woman needs to be and know. She carries the medicine for all things. She carries stories and dreams and words and songs and signs and symbols. She is both vehicle and destination. To adjoin the instinctual nature does not mean to come undone, change everything from left to right, from black to white, to move the east to west, to act crazy or out of control. It does not mean to lose one's primary socializations or to become less human. It means quite the opposite. 
The wild nature has a vast integrity to it. It means to establish territory, to find one's pack, to be in one's body with certainty and pride, regardless of the body's gifts and limitations, to speak and act in one's behalf, to be aware, alert, to draw on the innate feminine powers of intuition and sensing, to come into one's cycles, to find what one belongs to, to rise with dignity, to retain as much consciousness as possible. Bam. Mm. So I've had this picked out since I read it last week, but I feel like it fits in certain ways with the things we've talked about today. I'm sure you're integrating, Venus. So whenever you're ready. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hearing other people read feeds my, my womb space, especially when it's books written by women. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Today, mine is short. That's a surprise to me. Um, I found it today on Instagram. I found it on the account Goddess Gloop, and it's by L.E. Bowman, Lauren Bowman. She's a writer and a poet. I hold my body with higher esteem than your opinion. It has done far more for me than you have. It was like, boom. Yep. Damn. Right? Yes. Right? I just, I just <laughs> dropped an egg right there. <laughs> Oof. Yes. It's so true, though. When you love yourself, there's no saying how much love you can put out into the world. I stand firmer than ever that loving myself is the best thing that I have ever decided to do. 1,111%. Absolutely. You like all my ones? It's so true, though. Like, since fully embracing myself and who I am, what I look like, how my body functions, what my cycle is like, what my thoughts are, what my views and opinions are, like just embracing me as like a full being. My outlook is so much better. My relationships are so much better. My communication is so much better. Like nothing but amazingness has come from it. And yes. Oh my gosh. Can you send that to me? (laughs) I can like post that everywhere. (laughs) Totally. So that concludes our episode. Now, announcements, if you'd like to hang in there and hear about a few things we got to share with you. Don't forget to check out the show notes located in the episode's description. Support the beautiful humans shared about in this episode. They'll be linked in the show notes. Remember, there is enough love to go around, so please spread the love. And of course, don't forget to support us. Leave us feedback or a review on platforms where you can do so. For example, give us a thumbs up on YouTube and applause on Anchor or a follow on Spotify. And please share our podcast if you've resonated with it and you know that there's other women out there that could use our support. We'd love for them to join us as a listener. And these are all ways you can support us. Our message and our passion of being supportive and creating a safe space for humans beginning with women. And we are serious about that cycle time jingle. So maybe someone out there can contact us. Uh, Maybe we can make up a contest or something. That would be fun. And so we mentioned before in our collective, so what our, basically what our collective is, I don't know how far deep we've gone into this, but just really, really quick. We just believe in the power of women and celebrating each other and living up to all of our strengths and supporting each other however we can. So if you have a project idea, like we've had many and the women in our collective just 
picking it apart and seeing who can do what, how can we help each other? Because things flow so much better and easier and more smoothly and become so much more epic when there's a group of people who are passionately and lovingly working on it than just doing it by yourself and feeling overwhelmed or feeling like you're not good enough and this and that. So that's basically like the heart of our collective. So we've created a, well, we've created an entire planner and part of that has the cycle tracker in it. And we are looking for some people to send one to and have you use it for a little bit and then give us some feedback before we launch it out into the big, wonderful world. So contact us yes. if, if you want to get in on that. That would be amazing. For sure. That and with the cycle time, just if you're interested in contributing to the collective by bringing a cycle time jingle idea or by being a part of the, I wish I on the spot come up with an amazing word instead of guinea pig <laughs> to just contact us, please bring your ideas to the Yoni altar. Please reach out to us. Send us your magic. You can reach us at c3.orgasm at gmail.com. Again, that is c3.orgasm at gmail.com or on Instagram at c3.orgasm. So we are looking forward to receiving some um, Yoni magic from out in the interwebs. Yay! Yes, I love, yes, I just love it all. I really do. Love, love, love. All of it. And I love you, just in case you you didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Oh, thank you everyone for joining us. See you next, next Tuesday. Whoop, whoop. Over Over out. out. It's good for you to think, for you to think, for you to think.